Father, thank you for another opportunity to open your word. Thank you that as we look at one or two familiar verses, perhaps some that are more difficult and less familiar, you would be our teacher by your spirit and you would help us to help each other to learn tonight. Help us to think about our faith and what we believe and help us to put it into practice. Amen. Great, grab a Bible if you've got one. Um, you're going to help because I'm going to ask you just to read a couple of things. Um, try and find the book of Ephesians and then try and find the book of Galatians. Keep a finger in each. If you've got enough fingers, we'll be at James in a little moment. But uh, keep you on your toes. The book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 2, verse 8, is probably one of the best summary verses for Christian biblical faith in terms of what we believe. Give you a moment to rustle and find Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Uh, it was a verse we came back to time and time again when we taught through Ephesians um, last term. Uh, if someone's got it, they've got a good strong voice. Could you, someone just raise a hand if you found it? Uh, and someone read just chapter 2, verse 8, please. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Great. Fantastic verse, that isn't it? It is by grace you've been saved. Grace, a word that describes the gift that God has held out to us in the person of his son Jesus. Uh, Like all gifts, it's held out and you and I have to receive. An amazing uh, foundational verse that teaches us that we're not saved through the good that we do. We're saved through the good that he has done. Um, So hold that in in your mind. Now flick to Galatians chapter 3. Just the book, uh, the letter before Ephesians, so quite easy to find. Uh, could someone read verse 24, please? And we're just going to particularly focus on the second half of it, but if you could read the whole of verse 24. So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Brilliant. The law was put in charge to lead us to Christ, to lead us to the one who offers us that gift of life that we might be justified by faith. That word justified is a word, it's like a legal declaration where God looks at a person who's rebelled against him and says, it's as if you never had. It's just as if you'd never sinned. He doesn't declare that because we are right in ourselves. He declares it because we can name Christ, we're in Christ, we take on ourselves all that Christ has done. So to be justified is where God declares not guilty even though we are guilty, but it's because Christ has taken away that guilt. So this is the foundation of the Christian faith. We're justified by faith. So, okay, hold those two things in mind. The gift of life, justified by faith. Last book to turn to, book of James. It comes, go forward in your Bible towards the end. It comes after the longer letter of Hebrews. Through the T's, Timothy, Titus, Thessalonians. And you'll get to James. Can someone read verse 24 of chapter 2? Hmm. What's going on there? Just turn to your neighbour. If you're completely puzzled, that's all right. What's going on? We've just read you are not justified through your works, and then James says you're not justified just by faith, but you are through your works. What's going on? Just turn to the person next to you. See if you can figure that out. It's a bit of a puzzle, isn't it? Uh, these are the sort of verses people turn to and they go, oh, the Bible contradicts each other. Why are you Christians? 
uh, and it's always fun because uh, they think you sort of, you know, got you into a corner. Um, lots of different things you could have said. I'm sure um, you've said helpful things. The key thing, I often come back to this, the key thing to understanding problems in the Bible when you get this kind of apparent contradiction is context, the C word, context, always. Uh, just notice, if you go to the beginning of the book of James, James is Jesus' half-brother. And he writes to the 12 tribes scattered. The 12 tribes are just a phrase that represents Christians in churches scattered all over the place. And they're probably facing some sort of opposition or persecution because he starts in verse 2, doesn't he, of chapter 1. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. So you can assume that they're struggling. If you were a struggling Christian and you had this faith in Christ, what he has done, what would be a really, really important thing for you to do with it? Live it out. Brilliant. Have a look at chapter um, 1, verse 22. When you're under pressure as a Christian, it's no good knowing truth. You've got to be able to live truth. Otherwise, what's the point in believing it? But what does chapter 1, verse 22 say? Someone read it out, please. Chapter 1, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what Brilliant. Don't merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. The book of James isn't contradicting the faith that we stand on where we are justified by faith. All he's saying is once you have been accepted by God, once you've come to trust in him, the Christian faith is not just about believing a truth, it's about living it out. Because when you live it out, you see it working and you prove to yourself that it is true. The two things fit together. So really the book of James, the strap line could be something like practice what you preach. Live out your faith. It's a really nitty-gritty practical book. It's actually quite a difficult letter. Um, but just have a look at uh, chapter 1, 19 to 27. I'm just going to uh, read it through and pick out a couple of things um, and then uh, hand back to the band. Uh, James says this, My dear brothers and sisters, I'm not actually in the version that most of you have got. Can I just swap? I've got my old Bible, which I like using, but it's not going to help you. Here we go. Uh, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. We looked at this this morning, didn't we, about the sort of putting off and clothing ourselves in Christ. If I wore a Batman outfit, what would I look like? An idiot. If I clothed myself in Christ, I look like Christ. And so it's this idea of putting off and you notice in there, it talks about humbly accepting the word that was planted in you. Because it's one thing to hear God's word, it's another thing to accept it, for it to take root in our lives. And then he goes on, verse 22, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. And he gives a little illustration, listen, anyone who listens to the word but doesn't do what he says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and immediately after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like and maybe that's a good thing for you in the morning uh, but you can see the illustration that he's trying to make you don't look in the mirror and then forget what you look like the whole point is you look in the mirror to remind yourself of what you look like and in the same way you look into God's word you look at Christ to remind you of who he is and what he's done and then it goes on verse 25 but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom remember I said this morning the instructions, the commands of God are there for our good, for our flourishing, that we can love other people. Continues in it, verse end of 25, not forgetting what they uh, heard, but doing it. They will be blessed in what they do. 
And then this is the last bit I want to focus on. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves. Their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by idols. Just uh, focus on those last two phrases. One of the phrases, the last one, is talking about godliness. Becoming more like Christ. Desiring to clothe ourselves in Christ. To learn what it means to put on Christ. It's this whole not conforming to the pattern of this world. It's about dressing differently as a Christian. And godliness is really important. Because it's about becoming more like Christ. But also, look at the phrase before. Not just godliness that God's interested in. Because I could be a very godly person but live in a really little holy huddle. Surrounded by other Christians and it's wonderful. But God calls us to be godly in a broken world. And I love the earthiness of the little phrase there. Religion that he accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress. It's not saying that that's all that matters. But that's just a little picture of vulnerability. And we're going to talk a little bit about some orphans and widows and people we have met. But I love this little verse because it reminds us that our faith is to be really practical. It needs to begin with a really solid godliness, a love for the Lord, a love for his word, a desire to listen to him. But not to be lived in isolation outside of our world, but as I made the point this morning, in God's world. There's a real earthiness where our love for the Lord rubs up against the brokenness of our world. And one of the things that really inspired me with the project that we visited, and we'll come to talk about this, is how bringing hope of who Christ is into the mess and brokenness of the world, bringing our wealth and all of that brings, and bringing abilities into a place that was struggling and being a real blessing to those who had nothing. That is uh, true religion. It's something that's really, really practical. That's why I'm really passionate about our community action team. I'm really passionate about us getting to know our neighbours and being a blessing to our community. So just hold those two thoughts in mind. Godliness and earthiness. A love for the Lord rubbing up against the mess of our world.